What was your dad's first name? My dad's first name was Frank. Frank. How, however, he was baptized in German, not in Germany. He was born in the United States. Yeah. Uh, he, his first language was German. Mm -hmm. His parents never spoke English, even really? though they lived in the United States. Huh. Um, my grandfather was born in the United States. My grandmother, Weber, yeah. was actually about three years old when she came from Austria. Wow. But my, my father was baptized Franz, F-R-A-N-Z. And his brother Hans was there as well? There was no Hans, but, ah. there, but you know, <laughs> Uncle Louis was actually baptized Ludwig. Yeah. Beethoven? Yes, exactly. Wow. Uh, I, you didn't know that I had. I did. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, my uncle Andy was actually Anton, which would be Anthony. Okay. So. That's great. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to the 23 Podcast. Why do, why do you ask about my father's name? It's Father's Day weekend this weekend. Oh, okay. Cool. So I just, My father was a great man. I, I you yeah. know, is with his, uh, you turned out to be pretty good. You're, you're you don't call to, me Happy Father's Day, too? Well, no. I, well <laughs> do you remember, uh, I'm not, when, when my father unfortunately passed away, and I'm not laughing about that, but do you remember what I said to you? I said, you're the only one I've got left, so don't screw this up. <laughs> yeah, I said too late now. Yeah, right. So, uh, happy Father's Day to the dads out there as we get ready for this Father's Day weekend. And um, I plan to spend a little extra time with my girls if they'll take. You know, sometimes I think, okay, I'm I'm going to be a good dad today and actually spend quality time with my kids. And then I'm like, all right, girls, let's do something. And they're like, we're already doing something without you. Can you just go away, please? And I'm like, all right, well, I tried. <laughs> I'll go find a book to read. Are you doing it for them or are you doing it for you? I, I thought I was doing it for them, but clearly it was for me. But yeah, I wish I, I, I regret, I regret not knowing your parents because I just came into your life too late. Well, my father died in 1991. I was six. In January of 1991. He would have been 92 that September. Pretty cool. Dad was born at the end of the last centuries, the previous century. So he was born in September of. 1899, which I loved. Always thought of my father as, you know, my, my connection with the previous century. That is cool. Hey, speaking of things we're celebrating this weekend, this weekend at the 1130 Mass, we are celebrating the Jubilee uh, of Sister Anne Mary. Do you call it a Jubilee when it's 40 years? I don't know. I did. Yeah, you did. Is it? Uh, technically, I think Jubilee means 50, but that's beside the point. Okay, so we're celebrating... In the anniversary. The anniversary Jubilee of Sister Anne Mary. Uh for 40 years. She 40 is. years of, of sisterhood. Yeah. <laughs> I, didn't, I, wanted, I didn't want to say nunhood because she would have corrected me. She's a sister, not a nun. Yes, there is a difference between There is the a two. difference. It reminds me of the great 90s sitcom, Sister, Sister. You probably don't know what I'm talking about. I don't about. remember that at all. No, that's okay. It was after your time. <laughs> after my time. After your time of watching uh, shows on TV. But anyway, uh, we'll be celebrating uh, with Sister Anne Mary at the 1130 Mass this weekend as uh, we celebrate all that she has done in the last 40 years. Which is really exciting. And, and yeah. her community, I, I said she's a sister and not a nun. Part of the, the thing about uh, religious orders of women, the nuns are usually cloistered or monastic, mm -hmm. whereas sisters often have uh, exterior missions. Yeah. And by mission, I don't mean mission to foreign country, but particular uh fields of ministry and so uh, she was a teacher at one time the Notre Dame sisters were highly into educated 
being educators. Sure. Uh, but she's worked in parish work now for quite a few years. We are. Um, I genuinely mean this. She's not listening right now, but I'm very. She, she, I don't know if she listens to our podcast. All right. We're going to plant this in the podcast and see if we get any feedback from her. I'm genuinely thankful for her her ministry and her friendship over the years because uh, she has been has had such a great impact on this parish and she's been a rudder sometimes in troubled water. Yeah, and uh, I will um, now not admit that if she asks me face to face. By the way, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed I was also making a segue. I saw into I s- troubled water because that's the the gospel today. Should we play like a bridge over troubled like- water? Oh, do that at mass. No, don't I you love dare. that song. I love the song. But, uh, uh, so good. Did you notice? Did you know that the third verse was added later because uh, before they released it because they thought the, the song is too short. They've really? Got, they've got to add more. <laughs> well, when all else fails, you know my rule. Add a bridge and then sing it uh, ten times. Uh, a bridge over troubled water. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Does the bridge over troubled water have a bridge? I don't. I <laughs> that it should. I'm going to look now. You, meanwhile, set up the Mean, re- Meanwhile, reading. let's talk about the gospel. Uh, last week I said how this is an exciting time because we are in Mark's gospel and we just work our way through. Yeah. We had a couple of parables and we're still in chapter four of Mark's gospel, uh-huh. but it goes right into a wonderful uh, event. And it's an event that has been used and prayed over uh, as a source of strength through the church, especially in the early church during difficult times. You know, we were talking last week about the imagery, the visualization in in not only the parables, but in the Gospels. Yeah. And this is one of those great Gospel passages that you can just put yourself right into the, the story. By the way, I don't want to discount those that are wondering, does like a bridge over troubled water have a bridge? I don't see one. I'd really have to listen to the whole song. I see a third verse that looks a little bit different, but that could just be what you were talking about. It, do, it does change. Talking it, yeah. about, yeah. So anyway, but, the, you know, the visualization of this um, passage is powerful, especially when you talk about, you know, people always say you can, you know, do maybe a little bit of contemplative prayer and put yourself into the story. This is a great story to be able to do that with. Especially living here close to Lake Erie, I don't know if you've ever been on Lake Erie when on a, a boat when a storm has come out. Oh no, uh, come up. No, I you have not. have not. No, have you? I have several times, and I remember the one time. I think when we finally got to shore, uh, there were just two of us. We got out of the boat. Yeah, got onto dry land. Well, it wasn't dry because it had been raining. Oh, yeah. We got we got onto Solid land. land. And we both got down on our hands and knees and kissed the ground. Was it really that scary, that terrifying? It was very frightening. Yeah. It was very, uh, I don't know that I was afraid because I think I was not smart enough to be afraid. <laughs> but it was the other person's boat, Yeah. and he was afraid. And only when I realized he was afraid that I realized, oh, this is serious. Right, because you're like, oh, well, I'm in somebody else's hands. They'll take yeah, good care yeah. of me. Alrighty, uh, I'm going to let you read because it's short. <laughs> Every week, it, when it's short and easy, I get to do it. I don't know how to take it, but I'm just going to go with it. Okay, here we go. Still Mark chapter 4, starting at verse 35. On that day, as evening drew on, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us cross to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took Jesus with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. A violent squall came up, and waves were breaking over the boat, 
so that it was already filling up. Jesus was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Quiet, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? They were filled with great awe and said to one another, Who then is this whom even wind and sea obey? The gospel of the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) I'll just put it in like the disclaimer at the gospel of the Lord at the end of the commercial. Yeah. Isn't that powerful? Is uh, the early church, especially during times of persecutions, often read this and reread it because they thought, has Jesus abandoned us? We are in our own storm. Yeah. By the way, people, even in the 21st century, we have plenty of personal storms. Mm-hmm. And you sometimes wonder, where's God in all of this? Mm-hmm. And that's why, is Jesus asleep? I think people say that. You could say it about natural disasters. You could say it about things that happen to people that, whom you love. You could say it about the year 2020 and all that we went through. Um, it's very easy to say well, where is God in all of this? I have known a few people through the years who seem to always have their own personal storm cloud hanging over their head. Oh. And, hey, how are you doing? Well, <laughs> I, well did, you, did you get that job? You were, well, yeah, but it's not the way I wanted it to be. Yeah. Or how, how's, uh, how's your aches and pains? Oh, they've subsided, but now I got this other one. And uh, I mean, it's it's and I'm not trying to make fun of them. Sure. But for some people, it seems like there's always one thing after another after another. It's the ultimate Eeyore syndrome. The Eeyore. I'm okay. (laughs) You do that so well. Thank you. Here's a line, though, that I want to ask. What do you think this means? So Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Now, by the way, you have to remember when they say go to the other side does not mean literally crossing the sea across they would sometimes go out to sea to go at, at an angle so rather than going along the shore they might go out and then come back in mm-hmm. uh, so you don't go like a hundred degrees it'd be in, in other words i guess i'm saying like let's use lake erie as an example yeah by the way the sea of galilee is much smaller than lake erie much okay. smaller but storms do come up very fast mm-hmm. it would not be going from uh port clinton to Canada, yeah, but yeah. it might be. Let's go to the other side, back Port Clinton. Maybe you end up over in Monroe, Michigan. So you're not. So you're not really cl- crossing across the sea, but going to another place. Sure. So that would be the first thing to keep in mind. But then the other thing is, leaving the crowd, they took Jesus with them on the boat, just as he was. What does that mean? I've never noticed that line before. Uh, you know, what does that mean? You say, okay, Jesus, uh, you, you don't have your life preserver, but come anyway. That's they did, By the way, they did not have life preservers, and most of them could not swim probably. So consequently, being at, at sea in a storm, for being a fisherman, it was a very frightening job. Yeah. Is there anything before this passage that would, was it saying that, I, I know you don't have the entire Bible in front of you, just this reading, but was he tired? Was he... Is this a a direct continuation of last week, or did we skip over something? This is directly after the parables. 
Interesting. So we, last week we had the two parables about seeds. This is directly after that. I wonder, I, yeah. I'm, okay, let's flip the Just, question. It, what well, do you think it means? Probably it, it's not about how he was physically dressed or anything. It was probably about his emotion. You know, you've been telling stories. You've been telling parables. You've been preaching all day. Yeah. So come on. And that's probably why he fell asleep. Well, yeah, obviously he was tired. Yeah. I get sleepy when uh, in a car when I'm not the driver. <laughs> I was going to say. When was, I'm not the driver. I was just riding I never get you. sleepy when I'm driving. But when I'm not the driver, I, I have, uh, oh, it's about 20 seconds and I fall asleep. <laughs> well, that, that's not a very good co-captain. I always rely on the passenger to help keep me awake. Good conversation pointing out fun things to look at. You know, we should we should do a podcast in the car and well, see how it goes. Well, it's like car karaoke. <laughs> car, yeah, we'll car, car, pod, pod, parkod, po, car pod karaoke. recording. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be great. You know, the line that stuck out to me on this one was when he asked them, why are you terrified? Do you not yet have faith? And it's interesting because... I guess I wouldn't have assumed that it was a testament of their faith that they were scared on the boat while he was sleeping. I think it, it's a very natural human reaction. You were talking about your experience on Lake Erie. You know, a natural human reaction to have fear when something is happening to you. But he, Despite of, him being w- with them. But see, that's the point. Uh, don't you have faith? I am with you no matter what happens. Right. This is also... Chapter 4 of Mark's Gospel. Mm -hmm. Chapters 1 and 2 are basically just the introductory stuff. You know, the going out to the desert, baptism, calling the apostles. I mean, so we're talking about really this is very, very early in the whole story. Yeah. So think of it as not just what the apostles were experiencing, but that the reader of the gospel is experiencing. Like early on, it's basically Mark is giving a little, uh, send, sending up a, a flare to say, uh, I want your attention on this. This is a story of faith. This is not just a story of a man in a boat. Right. So this is setting up for the following. It's, it's a setup for the whole gospel. It's basically saying this is unfolding for you. Yeah. The kingdom of God, Jesus came to plant the kingdom of God, which was last week's image of the seeds. Right. And it is growing. And maybe Jesus is sort of like the farmer who goes home and goes to bed. Only he goes into the boat and takes a nap on the cushion. (laughs) I was wondering, what did the cushions look like back then? I I was wondering that, too, while I was reading it. Did they have fabric on them? Were they patterned? Well, they, they, they had fabric, I'm sure they did, but I don't know. Just, just a general question I had. You know, talking about faith, a wise man once said in a homily, I'm talking about you, that faith isn't just a moment of the heart or the head. It also requires action. Correct. Right? I remember that, uh, hearing that myself. Did you hear yourself say it, or did you regurgitate that? Yes. No, I said it myself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you remember well, I, I really believe... We, we think of faith as just kind of like, you, you know, you read these surveys. How many Americans believe in God? Well, it's a very high percentage. Yeah. How many people bother to do anything about it? It's a very low percentage. So uh, faith is not just some construct of the brain. Sure. Uh, faith is where you, you 
allow it to be part of your very DNA mm-hmm. and you live on faith, you act on faith, and basically faith is trust. I think, too, sometimes we discount our faith. I think there are times where we say, wow, am I really acting in faith? Do I have strong faith? And what does that look like? But if you, and, and maybe in the moment it doesn't feel that way, but if you maybe were to look back over the last couple of years or the last decade and you look at the moments of, okay, these were the storms I was going through or these were uh, moments where I would want my faith to carry me through these situations, I think sometimes we can say, wow, I, I better utilized my faith than I think I would have if it were put to the test. Am I ma- making sense? Sometimes I think we discount the way that we use our faith because we feel as though, well, I always need to do better. I can always, I always need to, you know, change and, and, and grow. But I also don't think we should discount the good things that we do as a result of our faith because it's instilled within us. And the good things we do because of our faith often mean just keep on going. Yeah. If I may give the example of being out on Lake Erie, it was, it was a sailboat and not tiny, but not big either. So maybe I I can't remember. Let me say 27 feet. Okay. And it had a little galley and I was supposed to kind of watch it a little bit while Ron went down and prepared a sandwich for lunch. Yeah. And I was, while he was down there, I thought, oh, the wind's picking up. The waves are bigger. And so when Ron finally came up, I said, why is it that we're leaning the way we are leaning? Hmm. And he said, oh, this is, so immediately he put down the sail. And there's that one point, no, I think we kept the sail for a little bit. And then we eventually had to put down the sail it had a little motor. Yeah. Of course, the the apostles did not have a motor, and we started heading towards shore. But it was it was uh, going so far to its side yeah. that we were literally leaning the opposite way to balance it, mm-hmm. and both of us, our body weight was not enough, and all that he did was step by step by step. I don't know if you take steps on the water, but inch by inch, foot by foot, over the waves, working our way towards shore. Yeah. And I think that was the act of faith, faith that the boat would hold up. In a sense, even if it capsized, we would hang on to the boat, Mm -hmm. but we did not want to capsize. I'm glad that you didn't, by the way. Yeah. But the, the, the whole rationale was you don't give up and you don't just flounder there in the water you keep on moving yeah and i think that's the image that uh you have to keep in mind for faith sometimes we don't even know which direction we're going but you just have to keep how many times last year during covid that was the thing we we weren't sure but you had to keep on moving you couldn't just hold up and do nothing right here's another just another piece of this passage that stuck out to me that it it specifically states that Jesus was in the stern of the boat. Yeah. Do you know much about boats? Well, stern is the back. The back. Why was that detail important? You know, I don't know. Here, you you want to hear my... Usually the rudder's in the stern. That's what I was going to say. That in some ways is this image that the direction of the boat comes from the stern, right? 
Now I'm not. I don't know anything about votes other than that the rudder would usually be in the back. But well, that, the, the the thing is, if you're trying to take a nap, you don't do it in in the front. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> because that's the part that flops on top, uh, up and down on up and down on the waves. Right. But I I I don't, I don't know. I almost see this image of like here is Jesus, and and keep in mind too, they were not a. It wasn't just one guy in Jesus, right? It was. The disciples. There were many of them. So but they it, had several boats. That's the interesting. You don't know what happened to the other boats. It says leaving the crowd, uh, they took Jesus as he was, and other boats were with him. So they all got caught in the storm. But he was in the part of the boat that theoretically, and obviously it wasn't a modern day yacht by any stretch of the imagination, but that provided direction and grounding. By the way, the boats were pretty relatively small. I was out on the Sea of Galilee in a more modern boat with a group of pilgrims. I was the chaplain for them 25 years ago. Yeah. And it was, it was not a storm, but there were waves and we were bouncing around a little bit. Mm -hmm. And we read this particular passage and we read the passage where it says, quiet, be still. And the wind ceased and there was calm. And as I read that passage out loud, it got quiet. Hmm. The waves just plain stopped. Was that cool or is that cool? That is cool. Now, I found out since that that kind of thing can happen on the Sea of Galilee very easily. Now, I'm not taking the miracle away from Jesus. Right, no. I don't mean to do that at all. Yeah. But it it can change really ra rather quickly. You know, it's one of those constant reminders that through the storms of life, uh, we are to be anchored in our faith, but we also rely on one another when they surround us, that we are not alone in that. So, let's go so, get a boat. Let's uh, go what, get a boat. Watch, watch out if there are storms this week. Uh, let's go to Putin Bay on the Jet Express. This is not a commercial. Actually, that sounds like fun. All right, let's go. We'll see you. Bye, everybody. Bye.